0: You're listening to episode 34 of the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast, Vitality Now, with Lucy Koppis. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419. With the most cutting edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything, mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Hello, my beautiful tribe. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We are all about mind-body-soul wellness, and this week we have health coach Lucy Koppis, hailing from the town of Defiance, Ohio, here in Northwest Ohio, and she's going to be talking to us all about her unique, um, way of health coaching, and she has some, um, very unique and, um, interesting perspectives on how our mind works and um, I can't wait to share this interview with you and actually our interview went so long that this is another one like I've done in the past that I'm going to um, divide into two parts so you're hearing this one now and um, the second part of our interview which is on a little bit different topic will be aired at a later date um, yet to be determined so about Lucy, Lucy Coppas is an integrative nutri- nutrition health coach and aroma freedom coach, but pref- prefers to call herself a transformation artist. She teaches people the art of resilience so they can recover quickly from illness, change, or um, misfortune, and learn how to weather periods of stress so that they can change successfully throughout life. She helps people be able to critically think under pressure and come up to their own solutions to the current challenges of their lives instead of overreacting to the situation at hand. I feel like this interview was um, really different in a lot of ways. And I think something that makes this really unique um, makes Lucy unique and makes her um, stand out. Um, amongst holistic health coaches is that she is very interested in history and her knowledge of history, which really, we haven't really talked about history on this podcast before. Um, history really does have an effect on our, um, medical model in our society and how we view health and, um, why we do things the way we do, and why we haven't been doing certain things. And um, she talks about all of that. Now I'd like to do a couple of quick housekeeping things. Um, Since this interview is going to be split in half... Um, I want to make sure that you guys know how to get a hold of Lucy because she talks about that at the end of the second part of the interview. So if you want to contact Lucy, here is her email address. It's lucy, L-U-C-Y, at yourhealthreborn.com, or you can go to her website yourhealthreborn.com. On Facebook, you can find her under Lucy Koppis. I also wanted to mention that she is going to be at our Holistic Health Fair next month in April. It's on April 14th. in Defiance, Ohio at St. John United Church of Christ on the Defiance College campus. That's at 950 Webster Street. And that holistic health fair is taking place from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. that day. And Lucy is attending as a vendor. Um, So if you would like to meet her in person, that is a great opportunity. She is very outgoing. She's super smart. Um, As many of our guests here are. I'm feeling very lucky. Um, and she would love to talk to you about what she does. She, she has such a passion for what she does. And um, I think you'll enjoy listening to all of her um, unique and um, enlightened ideas. For the Holistic Health Fair, I wanted to let you all know that it is completely free to enter. So everyone is welcome. We are striving to be sensory friendly. We're striving to be disability friendly. Um, Give us a little grace because this is our first year. So we're still um, experimenting with the format, but it's totally free to enter. Um, Our first presentation starts at 10.15. That is a completely free presentation with author Sherry Stanfa Stanley from the Toledo area, who um, was a previous guest on this podcast, and she'll be talking about her book, Finding My Badass Self. Um, Very cool. It's kind of like an unbucket list, so you'll have to come and see what that's all about. And um, from there, each hour on the hour, we have a presentation given by a local Northwest Ohio. holistic health expert so that'll be at 11 12 1 2 3 and 4 o'clock um, and each one of those presentations will be $5 cash at the door. First come, first serve. So get there early if there's something you would like to hear about. If you'd like more information on all the great happenings at this Holistic Health Fair, we have about 20 vendors. Um, we are having a little bit of music. We're having coffee and tea. We're having pre- presentations all day long. Um, go to our website. It's www.thrivetribe. 419 that's the numbers 419.com and click on holistic health fair and you can get all the information about this really cool event that's coming up and I'm really excited. This is my first time putting something like this together and it's the first time that defiance is having an event like this. Um, as far as mind, body, soul um, providers all coming together in one place. So I think it's going to be a really fun day. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, I know you will love this fair. So I hope to see you there. Um, Stop by my booth and say hi. And now we will get started with Lucy's interview. Enjoy. Hello, Lucy. Thank you for being on the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast.
1: Well, I am very happy to be here today with you.
0: And the first thing I ask everybody is, how are you thriving in the 419? Are you ready for that question?
1: I am ready for that question. Um, Things are going great with me. Uh, Usually at a period of time right now where it's pretty stressful, I just um, switched into going into my coaching full time. And I am actually very excited about that transition. So things are wonderful. I am excited.
0: Wow, that is so cool. I didn't know that. So tell me what a health coach is um, now that you're doing this full time and why your profession is so needed and is such a growing um, profession at this point in time.
1: Well, usually in this area, I say I'm a health coach and people look at me and go, what's that? Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is that Uh, you have to understand our culture. Uh, Cultures, our culture does not understand what being healthy means. (laughs) So uh, we do a lot of reactive, we do a lot of sick care. Mm -hmm. So when you start talking about health, most people, even if you go to a professional, they cannot define it. They know when it's absent, but they really cannot give you a solid definition of what health means. So, what a health coach? Uh, what we do, we actually say health is more than just your physical body. Mm-hmm. You are a whole person. So, what a health coach actually does, we do a lot of talking about primary food and secondary food. Which secondary food is actually what you eat. We kind of have it flipped in our society that that's what we put a, a lot of importance on. On what do you eat? What? What thing, and your physical body can be great, but if everything that makes a part of you, such as your mind or your spirit, is falling apart, um, if your relationships are terrible, your job situation is not making you feel like you have purpose in your life, if you don't have things that make you a fulfilled and whole person, it doesn't matter how much kale I have you to eat, or how many <laughs> right. smoothies you take, your health is going to suffer. So a health coach, actually, I sit down with you, and our approach is totally different. I say, where do you want to go? Because most people already know what they need to do to be healthy. They they need to sleep more, they need to eat better, they need to exercise more, um, maybe do some more Inner reflection, and they don't do it. Mm-hmm. So health is actually a set of behaviors that leads to wellness. That's actually what the definition of health is. So most people don't have very good behaviors. We actually we have pretty bad behaviors when it comes to being healthy. So what a health coach actually does, I sit down and I help you change those behaviors. A doctor can't do that for you. So you know, and, and it's not really fair to the doctor. Because people go in and, you know, after some very poor lifestyle choices, they expect the doctor to fix it. Mm -hmm. And the doctor is not trained to do that. So what a health coach actually does is that, okay, we need to address that there's some behaviors you have learned in life that no longer get you to where you want to go. So a health coach, I, I can actually be, it could be that you need to exercise more, but maybe you have a deficiency in another area of your life that it may be more important. So I actually sit down with a person and we do something called the circle of life and I have them rate. Okay. So how would you rate your satisfaction with your job, um, your relationships, your social life, um, do you eat healthy do you feel like you should do better in that and have them score themselves as a complete person because what they'll actually see once they see it on paper they might go well i came to you for this but actually i think i need to work on that Mm. and all of that encompasses what being healthy means it's not just what you eat
0: hey friends it's matt All of us have had times where we've just gotten to the end of our rope. We've gotten frustrated, angry, upset, and we're just over it. So I have a quick tip to give anger the finger in one step. Rather than give someone the one-finger salute, do this instead. Step one, take your favorite middle finger, tap the outside of your eye on the orbital bone, Focus on the object of your anger and keep tapping gently until your anger melts away. Hey, fingers are friends. Use them for good. Go to www.thrivetribe419.com, click on eCourses to schedule today and give anger a friendly wave goodbye. talking about changing behaviors and I'm wondering why do people struggle so much with like we know we need to move our bodies or we should choose um, vegetables over a bowl of candy you know like these are things that everybody knows but why do we struggle with that so much?
1: The reason is because um, our culture teaches us a different set of beliefs when it comes to being healthy. So Uh, If you look at most of the literature, we don't talk about that. And again, you have to understand our culture. We really struggle with the issue of humans having a belief set. We we acknowledge it. But when you start talking about beliefs, that kind of encroaches on spirituality. And it's something that cannot be defined by science. So we are very... uh, it's a word I want to say. Uh, we want objectivity. Well, mm-hmm. with a human, you're, everything is subjective. So that's very hard for science to be able to come in and say, this is what you need to do step by step when it's going to vary from person to person. So that's why you see a lot of self-help stuff out there because everyone is different. And beliefs are actually formed by your experiences in life. Mm -hmm. So you're actually talking about that emotional, spiritual component. And science, as the way we do it, doesn't really like to get into that area. So um, that's very hard for them to be able to tackle. And we are very science-oriented in our culture. So when you're talking about emotions, that's very subjective. I cannot put it down on a report and say, here. (laughs)
0: Right.
1: (laughs) So it's basically with a health coach, uh, what I usually do in a session is kind of like what you do. You ask how how you're thriving in the 419. I say, what's new and good? Tell me Mm -hmm. something great that happened this week. And I let them talk, and they're going to tell me what is important to them right now. Okay. With a health coach, you're not an expert. So I tell people I'm not a doctor and and I'm not, I said, you actually should be glad that I'm not because I already believe you already know what you need to do. What I need to help you do is to get clarity on what you need to do, give you a couple suggestions. We'll come back in about two weeks and you're going to tell me how it worked. If it didn't work for you, then we're going to do some more fine tuning and you will figure this out. And what Mm -hmm. most people need is the support to make it through that transition period to let them know, okay, you're trying something new. This is going to be a little bit awkward because you don't have any prior experience doing this and it's okay. We have to figure out what works best for you. And you already know it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you give yourself the time and don't beat yourself up because maybe mainstream says it should be this way and it's not for you it's okay
0: how do you define being a rebel is it about breaking from the values of society or is it about passionately living by your own at rebel chiropractic we believe that in a world of sick and suffering people it is an act of rebellion to claim the health you deserve we're the only multi-doctor practice in the northwest ohio region who specialize in the gonstead method of chiropractic and in pediatric maternity and family care So I'm talking to you, you rebel, you crunchy, anti-vaxxing, natural product-using, organic, proactive, not reactive rebel. Call Rebel Chiropractic at 419-878-8142 and mention Thrive Tribe 419 to set up a complimentary nerve assessment to see with your own eyes how chiropractic can help you and your family thrive. Yeah. And I think you're getting into something kind of interesting here that we've talked about on the podcast before about how people, I mean, the whole reason that I started this podcast is because I want to empower people to help themselves. And I know so many people, including myself that have gone for years to, from doctor to doctor to doctor, and we get a lot of suggestions, but it's just basically putting a band-aid on the problem. And when mm-hmm. I started to change my own behaviors, I started to see different and better results. And I've asked doctors about this since then I've, I've said, well, how come you never suggested, you know, um, food elimination or, um, you know, trying some yoga or meditation. And, and they have all told me the same thing they say, because people don't follow through on that. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you think causes people to struggle with these chronic health problems? And why aren't they getting help from the doctors? Do you feel that that's part of it? That doctors just don't feel that people are going to follow through? And maybe that's where the health coach comes in, or what do
1: you, you have to understand how our system is set up? Mm-hmm. So, I do, when I started this, when I went through uh, health coaching, uh, I went through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and found out real quick okay all this stuff is nice and fine and dandy but if i don't change your beliefs to what it is how you relate to health you're not going to get this so mm-hmm. that actually started me looking on okay what are emotions how does that work because that's such a gray area in our um and how we just feel in as a society we we really don't pay attention to that and unfortunately you? We do you don't think do that much.
0: people are, do you think people are scared to think and talk about emotions and mental health?
1: I think we've made it scary. Mm-hmm. Um, actually emotions. If you do not have emotions, you don't learn. Emotions are a very important part of the learning experience, but most people there's, there's been a lot of misinformation about emotions and, Again, you're talking about an area that traditionally would have been a religious undertaking. So in our society, we separate the two, which it doesn't work very well. And it doesn't have to be that you are you know, one of the mainstream religions, you just have to understand how emotions work with your body. So a lot of times I, that's a lot of my education with my clients is teaching them, okay, this is how emotions work with your body. Um, There really isn't anything as such as a negative emotion. I, it's just how you have learned to react to a certain situation.
0: Mm, I've heard somebody else say that recently. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a negative emotion emotion
1: there isn't it mm-hmm. is how you have learned to respond to mm-hmm. something that has happened so we we go over fight flight or freeze and just because we're modern man doesn't mean that those natural reactions they still occur <laughs> so if you have something in your life an experience that either you are afraid or sad or scared it doesn't have to even be what we would call trauma it's it was just important to you and depending on what values you placed on that incident actually forms your emotions so if say for example uh you could have where someone was just mean to you And the value that you placed on it was that, well, you know what? I'm not important. Or um, people don't like me. Your mind, how your mind is set up is that it always looks for a prior point of reference. So if something similar comes up in the future, you know how to respond. It's actually a survival instinct.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So... Before we became modern man, and we didn't have all this technology, or we kind of lived simple lives, it worked great. What it is now, we have so changed the way that humans function that what normally would be a survival instinct
0: is not anymore. It actually so you're gets away. So you're saying we're kind of in uncharted territory, yes? With our emotions these days because of the way that our society is set up. And I would guess that um, things like listening to podcasts and using social media and all these things would contribute to that.
1: Well, up until what recently, even let's see, industrial revolutions, probably the last 200 years, we didn't live this way. Mm -hmm. So your life was fairly simple. You got food, (laughs) you, Mm -hmm. you haunted the woman took care of the kids and you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. That's how the humans, that's how we lived. So basically evolutionary wise, we have not caught up to the way we we live right now. So if you have something traumatic happen to you, or even not that traumatic, your your mind is constantly making adjustments to adapt to the environment. So it's going, okay, well, this situation, based on what I learned at this moment, anything similar happens in the future, I should react the same way. So mm-hmm. you have people that you might think are just chronically angry all the time or even sad. What it is, is a learned response. So when you talk to people who are suffering with cravings, because that's usually what happens is that I have someone that has a self-defeating behavior that's going, I need help. And you have to sit down with them and say, first off, you're not a bad person. Mm -hmm. This is a learned response. And -hmm. what I have to help you do is figure out where this started. Because once you figure out where this started, we can do something about it.
0: Interesting. So what do you think it means to live the best possible life? And how are we... How are we missing this piece of the puzzle? Because it just seems like so many people are struggling and so stressed out. And we, we have so much on our plates. We're so busy all the time. Um, what does it mean to you when you're working with a client, when they're talking about, like, I just want to have the best life possible? What would, where would you even get started with that?
1: I would ask them first, what is the best life possible? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't have the answer for you, but you do. So that usually stops them because we're so used to an expert telling us what to do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I just look at them and go, so what is the best life for you? Well, I don't know. Well, that's where we start. Mm -hmm. We start exploring what is the best life for you, not for your child or your husband. What is the best life for you?
0: Do you ever use vision boards? Because it sounds like that's where I would like whip out the vision board and start. Like creating a visionary idea of my best life.
1: What I do for them is typically they come in with a goal. The hardest thing about health coaching is is getting them to form a goal or an intention, which I like to say is a wish. <laughs> uh huh. Your wish. My job is to help you make your wish become your daily reality. However, depending on your experiences in life. For some people, it's a small gap. For others, it's a huge gap. Mm-hmm. So it, it it could be a while before you see some results because we have to do some reprogramming of you. So with the vision board, I do encourage that. Um, you know, what is it? Start, start putting out ideas. What is it? Because most people, we have been so programmed to just follow what an expert says. I'm
0: Mm -hmm. actually
1: teaching you how to critically think Mm -hmm. because you can come up with your own answers. It's Mm -hmm. just, we have not been taught to do so. That's not how our society
0: works. Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. I I can totally get behind that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm all about here. (laughs) So I know that you, kind of have a specialty in resiliency and I love this topic. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. So I want to ask you about that, but also I am personally interested in this because I feel that I was not a resilient person in the past and that I have become a much more resilient person through um, some struggles that I've faced um, in the last several years. Mm -hmm. So um Tell me about how you work with people on resiliency, and um, I'd also like to hear about instant gratification in our culture, and if you think that plays a role in um, the whole resiliency, being able to bounce back from difficulties.
1: Well, um, and like I say, with my clients, we usually go over a little history. Um, And then that's really what I am doing with them personally is saying, what is your personal story? What is your identity? Because most people have no clue what their identity is. Mm -hmm. So in order to figure out where you're going, we've got to go back and do some some past exploration. What instances in your life have made you who you are today? Because that's how we're going to fix it. So... I, I explained to them our culture, and you are exactly right. Our culture does not teach people to be resilient. And there's a reason for that. So, um, back before 1950, uh, I, I usually start and tell them World War II changed our lives dramatically. And most people, because we're about 70 to 80 years out from that now, and that generation is, is pretty much gone don't realize how different our lives were before World War II. Mm -hmm. So what happened was that when we went over and got involved in that conflict, one of the, I, I don't know if you want to call this a bonus, but one of the spoils of war is that we brung that technology over here. So it just made our lives so super easy we have created a generation that doesn't know how to struggle. Mm-hmm. So we have all these modern conveniences, which is great, but we don't have that capacity anymore. You know, everything is all automated and you can even see right now stuff is getting so automated that it's like, mm-hmm. really, you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But what is
0: <laughs> but what has you happened? You're like, you get angry. You know, mm-hmm. you'd be like, why? Even with the computer, we were talking about, like, no, I need you to work now. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: <laughs> so, what happens is that we've grown dependent on this stuff. And right. what will happen if, you know, we all know technology can fail at any moment? Most people, because we have not had the experience now that our ancestors did, would not be able to survive. So I was actually having a talk with someone and she made a very good comment. And she said, you know what, what happens when you take away a person's sense of purpose? The modern conveniences are great, but what it has done is that we really, you know, you see machines are starting to take over jobs and you see that, you know, because of our lifestyle, we have more people that are becoming disabled and can't work And they lose their sense of purpose. So then you have people that just think about it whenever you lose your way, when you feel lost and you you just you get depressed. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You get where you feel like, you know what, I what purpose is there for me in life? Because I is this all there is that I get up and maybe work a nine to five. Um, I barely make ends meet. Um, Things are getting more expensive and I can't afford it. And you just see people getting upset and frustrated because they feel like they have no sense of purpose. So it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, these things make our life easier. But before World War II, you have to look at our economy. It was everybody learned from apprenticeships. Everyone had a trade. Mm-hmm. And we have taken that away from people. Thinking, oh, this this is great. We have modern technology to do it for us. But Again, that is how people have lived for centuries. You had a trade. I mean, your last name was usually your trade. <laughs> right. And it ran, ran through your family.
0: Right. So
1: we have this now situation in our society where people don't have trades or they don't have skills like that anymore. Or we undercut their ability to earn a living because we just go, well, I can just go to the big box store and get it for pennies on a dollar. So we have so,
0: cha-
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have so changed our society in the way that humans have functioned for centuries that that's why you see a lot of these problems coming up. And usually what I tell my clients is, you know, there, there's some not so great things in the American history. I said, but this I'm just using it as an example. Look what happened when we moved the Native Americans away from their homeland. We took away their sense of identity. We took away their purpose. And you go to the reservations now, I said, most of them have a lot of severe mental health issues. Mm -hmm. They, you know, are dependent on some type of drugs. You know, they are on government assistance. And what we did was took away their sense of identity. We took away their purpose. I -hmm. said, what is happening now I said, you see that in the inner cities with the minorities, we're doing the same thing to them. And now it's out into the rural areas. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in the inner city. I know what that's like. I moved out here to Northwest Ohio. And when I moved out here 20 some odd years ago, it was a totally different nature, Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to see this where the drugs are coming into the community and you see the violence starting to come in. And again, these people are losing their sense of purpose. Think of what's happening in the rural community. No jobs. Mm-hmm. No no livelihood. They feel trapped. They feel like the world has left them behind. They can't learn this new technology. And you're watching the same thing happen because they're losing their sense of purpose. Wow.
0: Makes
1: a lot of sense. So what I do with these people is that basically, okay, I've got to repurpose you (laughs) because what you may have learned doing uh, even 20 some odd years ago, that's like ancient history nowadays because Mm -hmm. technology changes so fast. So we really can't blame these people that, you know, the factory shuts down. Well, maybe that was what they did in their family for years. Maybe there's generations of factory workers. Mm-hmm. And that's all they know how to do. And then you go and mm-hmm. say, Well, we're gonna retrain you. They don't have the skill sets to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. So we really can't beat up on them because what we do for training, um, we usually just stick them in front of a computer and make them watch a video. Well, that's not how people learn. You learn from repetition. You learn from muscle memory. That is your mind and your body working together. And with us not having that component of movement, they're not going to be able to grasp it as well. So technology is definitely a double-edged sword.
0: Yeah. So... Do you often see clients, uh, maybe they're not like actually pointing out they don't feel like they have a purpose. But when you start digging, is that something that's coming up as a common theme as people actually developing a purpose?
1: Oh yes. Um, what we will see is that uh, usually there are things that maybe they don't understand. and and any concept, when you're learning any concept, if it does not make sense to you you just won't get it so we when the way we educate is a lot of you know book smarts we do a lot of we give a lot of theories well unless you can translate that theory into practical knowledge a person won't get it mm-hmm. so a lot of it is is that um maybe they have come from a family that the only thing they know how to do is this certain skill. And we don't do hands-on learning anymore. So to them, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So you have to say, okay, um, first off with my coaching, I tell everyone there is a talent that God or whoever you believe the creator of the universe is, or even not, you are born with a talent that only you can do. Maybe we just need to
0: discover what that talent is in today's society. Hmm, interesting. So you're translating a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: So a lot of it, they do the work. I just give them some suggestions, you know, open their mind up to, you know what? I, I do have some talents. Yes, you do. But maybe you haven't used them in a long, long time. You know, you might have got caught up to. I, I need to j- get this job. You know, hey, I just started a family. <laughs> you know, yeah, I got pay-
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, I got to pay for the house mortgage. I got to put food on the table, and you lose that. You don't lose it. It just goes dormant. Mm-hmm. That maybe there was a skill set that you had that you just put down because life just happened. Mm-hmm. So we need to rediscover. What is that that makes you alive? Hmm. Because if that makes you alive and you are passionate about it, I can find somewhere to put you. And that's really what we need because that's how you develop a leader. Someone that is passionate about a cause that they're already got the talent to do anyway. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And let them discover their strengths. Let them Build upon it because, you know, the other component is, well, maybe you do need to go out and learn some new skills. But if you don't have clarity of purpose of what you're doing, it doesn't matter what skill. If you look at it and you just go, this is pointless. right? And I'm sure you've had experience like this where you're going like, why am I here? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is so totally pointless. So imagine you're trying to take someone that goes, I don't understand how this benefits me. Yeah, They're not going to pick it up.
0: Right. And it sounds like you go a lot into maybe like childhood, I'm guessing, with like mm-hmm. looking for things that were fun or kids do extracurriculars. I think there's a lot of times that you when you're a kid, you get to experience these things that you really enjoy on a regular basis. And when you become an adult, you don't.
1: Mm-mm. No, we we put it because we think that's childish.
0: And actually,
1: that's how that's how you learn is through play. And we don't encourage that as we become adults.
0: Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out Thrive Tribe 419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes can also join the conversation by searching for thrive tribe 419 on facebook or instagram see you next time keep thriving